Section twenty five of Memoirs of Miss Sidney Biddulph. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Memoirs of Miss Sidney Biddulph by Francis Sheridan. Volume two continued. I had almost forgot to tell you by what means the widow Arnold carried her suit against us. You may remember I informed you she had at the beginning threatened to produce a witness who would prove that her late husband had been with her on a particular night, a very little time before his death. Who this witness was had been kept an impenetrable secret. She did, however, produce him when the cause came to be tried, and the witness proved to be Mrs. Gerard's brother that very brother whom Mr. Arnold had redeemed from a jail and peril of hanging. This man, it seems, had been very intimate with her during her husband's lifetime, while she was in a state of separation from him, but whether he was at all acquainted with the late Mr. Arnold, we have no other testimony than his own. Tis, however, most certain that she was suspected of an intrigue with him, and in all human probability that child which is to inherit the Arnold estate is his. This concealed villain undoubtedly was the person who first suggested this vile attempt to her, and secretly abetted her in all her proceedings. It was after the commencement of the lawsuit that he was put into jail, and Mr. Arnold little imagined when under Mrs. Gerard's influence he obtained his liberty, that he was bestowing on this wicked wretch power to ruin him. I do not imagine Mrs. Gerard was in this secret. I suppose she would not knowingly have contributed to beggar the man by whom she was supported in affluence. but be that as it will, the evidence of this fellow who was bred an attorney, together with that of Mrs. Arnold's maid, established the proof on which the issue of the whole affair turned. Unfortunately for us, we could find nobody capable of giving any testimony which would overthrow theirs, and the irregularity of the late Mr. Arnold's life gave these evidences an appearance at least of truth. God forgive those people the foul play they have made use of. I would not possess a king's revenue on the terms they now enjoy the Arnold estate. Tis whispered that the widow is supposed to be privately married to this attorney. She owes him a recompense, for I fear he has risked a great deal to serve her. The wretch had the effrontery to acknowledge his obligation to Mr. Arnold, and at the same time declared that nothing but the justice which he owed the widow in the orphan of his late friend could have extorted a testimony from him to his prejudice. I need not tell you in what light my poor Mr. Arnold looks upon this affair. He said to a gentleman from whom Sir George had the account that he was justly punished for having furnished such a villain with the means of undoing him, and execrates the memory of Mrs. Gerard, who prevailed on him to do it, for he scarce knew the fellow at that time, having only seen him once or twice at her lodgings. But let me drop the mention of such wretches at once. My heart is full of impatience to hear something from Mr. Arnold. Mrs. Gerard's letter, I fear, has had no effect on him. He must have received it long since. 
what can this dreadful silence mean my mother now expects the advances towards a reconciliation should be on his side i would i were rid of my suspense december the twenty-third lord and lady v arrived in town last night they sent a compliment to me as soon as they alighted at their house which was not till nine o'clock and this morning at the same hour i was agreeably surprised by a visit from my lord surprised i say for he is seldom out of bed so soon i had him up to my dressing-room my mother had never seen him and as she was undressed did not choose to appear well my good lady said he after saluting me have you heard anything from mr arnold lately i told him i had not i don't know whether you are apprised said he that i am in all your secrets mr falkland and i correspond and i know how all matters stand you are not made acquainted perhaps that i was aiding and abetting to a certain scheme i told him that mr falkland had writ my brother the whole account and that i was sure of his kind participation in everything that related to me that you may depend on said he the thing cannot be named that i would not do to serve you i understand from mr falkland that mrs gerard has writ to mr arnold have you heard of no effects produced by that letter i told him i had never heard a word from mr arnold since he had received it i hope it will not be long before you will answered he i called on you this morning on purpose to prepare you for i suspect arnold wants to be reconciled he wrote to me ten days ago conjuring me in the strongest terms to come to town and to prevail on lady v to accompany me he said he had something of the utmost consequence to consult us upon in which our friendship might be of most material service to him he concluded with telling me that the whole happiness of his life depended on our complying with his request now as this was immediately on his receiving mrs gerard's letter for i had regular intelligence of the whole proceeding i flatter myself that it was in consequence of that letter he made his request with a design as i hope of getting us to mediate between you as i could not just then attend his summons having business at v hall to detain me i wrote him word that i should certainly be in town as on this day and that lady v would be sure to accompany me i have not heard from him since till last night when i sent a message to his house to desire his company to breakfast with me this morning i expect him at ten o'clock now i had a mind to inform you of this opening which to me seems to promise very favourably for you i shall not mention my having seen you so that i can say nothing from you to him i asked him was my lady acquainted with the affair as it really stood he said she was for that she had been so exasperated against mr falkland on his first going off with mrs gerard whom she thought he had run away with upon a very different design that he was very glad to undeceive her and that she would presently have done the same by me after the letter she had wrote me about that affair but that he prevented her thinking mr falkland would be better pleased to unravel the mystery himself 
he added that she was too much my friend not to enter warmly into my interests and had been extremely impatient to come to town i thanked my lord for his and his lady's friendship he then asked me how our lawsuit went on i answered it had been determined some days ago and we had lost our cause he turned pale at the news good god what an unfortunate man your husband is said he what will become of him he put an end to this visit immediately telling me that either he or his lady would call on me in the afternoon to let me know the result of their conference with mr arnold i flew to my mother to tell her the joyful news she offered up a prayer that it might turn out as my lord v had suggested and said she herself was of the same opinion with a heart elated with pleasure my dear cecilia i have scribbled over the occurrences of this morning god grant i may be able to close my journal of to-day with the happy wished-for event i never counted the clock with such impatience as i did this day waiting the promised visit of lord and lady v and i ordered myself to be denied to all company but them at one o'clock good lady v came without my lord when i heard the rap at the door and saw from the window it was her equipage i was seized with such a trembling that when lady v who hurried upstairs entered the room i was unable to speak or salute her she ran up to me and taking me by the hand affectionately embraced me my mother was present i made a shift to present her to lady v she then led me to a chair and sat me down come my dear mrs arnold said she recover your spirits all will be well i began to apologise for giving her ladyship the trouble of coming to me when it was my duty to have waited on her do not mention ceremony said she i was in too much haste to bring you good news to think of forms we have had mr arnold with us till within this half hour and indeed he more deserves your pity now than your resentment oh i feared it said i and tears started into my eyes if you are so affected at the barely knowing this said my lady i must not tell you the particulars of our conversation it will be enough for you to know that your husband is convinced of the injuries he has done you and desires nothing more than your forgiveness my dear lady v said i excuse me my heart is really so softened with sorrow i cannot command my tears but i beg that may not deter you from indulging me with the particulars of what passed between you and mr arnold if i do weep as my tears no longer proceed from grief do not let them interrupt you my mother joined in begging lady v to inform us of all that had passed in that morning's interview lady v obligingly complied and gave the following account of it mr arnold came exactly at ten o'clock my lord was just returned from his visit to you and had got in but a few minutes before him 
poor Mr. Arnold looked abashed upon seeing me. His countenance and his voice discovered the humility of his mind. After the first compliments were over, we sat down to breakfast. Your husband drank a dish of coffee, but ate nothing. We were in haste that the servant should leave the room and dismiss them as soon as we could. My lord then opened the conversation by saying, "'Well, Arnold, here are Lady V and I, come to attend your summons. Now, tell us what service you have to employ us in, for I assure you we are both ready to do any act of friendship in our power.' "'My lord, I thank you,' said Mr. Arnold. "'The friendship you honour me with, I flattered myself some time ago, might have been serviceable to me.' I must not now think of making use of it. When I requested the favour of Lady V's presence and yours in town, I meant to entreat your interposition between me and Mrs. Arnold. I know I have wronged her so, that were she any other the woman she is, I could never hope for forgiveness. But from her I did hope it, and thought your good offices might bring about a reunion. But that is all over. I neither desire nor wish it now. I am sorry for that, Mr. Arnold, said I. I am sure nothing in this world besides can ever make either your lady or you happy. Do you know, madam, said he, and the poor man really looked wildly, that you see an absolute beggar before you, a man without a foot of land, overwhelmed with debts, and who shortly will not have a house to shelter himself in. I deserve it all, but Mrs. Arnold does not. Do you think, after all the wrongs I have done her, I will involve her in poverty too? No, Lady V, no, I am not such an abandoned wretch. All I desire now of your ladyship is to tell my wife that I beg her forgiveness, and request she will take care of our two children, though the scanty pittance that her mother's scrupulous nicety retained for her will hardly enable her to do it. But while Lady Biddulph lives, I believe she will not see them want. He uttered all this with so much eagerness that we never once attempted to interrupt him. As I did not then know the loss of your cause, I was surprised to hear him speak of his circumstances being so desperate, and really feared his head was turned. But my lord soon explained the matter by saying he had heard that morning of the issue of his lawsuit, yet still hoped that matters were not so bad as he represented them to be. He then told Mr. Arnold he was extremely glad to find that his wife had recovered his good opinion, adding that he always had the highest one of your virtue. "'It amazes me, Mr. Arnold,' said I, "'that you ever could entertain a doubt of it.' "'So it does me now, madam,' said Mr. Arnold, "'but I have been for this year past in a dream, "'a horrid delirium from which that vile sorceress "'who brought it on me has but just now roused me.' "'I wanted to draw Mr. Arnold to this point.' "'Have you heard anything of her since she left you, sir?' said I. 
he drew a letter out of his pocket and without answering me put it into my hands and desired me to read it then rose off his chair and walked about the room my lord and i read mrs gerard's letter together we were both curious to see it mr falkland having mentioned it in his correspondence mr arnold said i returning it to him without any such proof as this i believe nobody that knows your lady would think her guilty nor could i ever entertain so bad an opinion of mr falkland i have known him from his boyish days and never had reason to believe him capable of a dishonourable action i believe him innocent as to this answered mr arnold but you cannot conceive the pains that were taken by that vile woman to make me think otherwise neither would her retracting all she said now work so much on me as other corroborating circumstance her running away with the very man of whom she raised my jealousy after having plundered me of almost everything i had to bestow does not look like a sudden resolution the scheme must have been concerted for some time and falkland i suppose was her paramour at the very time she so basely slandered mrs arnold for i am not so blind even to the personal charms of my wife as to imagine the greatest inconstant would grow tired of her in so short a time why i must own said my lord that is a natural inference which joined to the perfidy and falsehood of mrs gerard puts it out of dispute that she traduced mr falkland and your wife merely to gain her own wicked ends one part of which i am inclined to think she confesses in her letter that is to say to have you entirely in her own hands though not for the reason she there gives her other motive i think now plainly appears by the consequence she thought if you were jealous of your wife you would hardly suspect her with the same person whose visits to my knowledge were pretty frequent at her house then said i throwing my weight into the scale the unobjectionable character of mrs arnold her pious education her modest and affectionate behaviour to you for so long a time and the recluse life that she has led with her mother since you parted makes the thought of any ill in her quite incredible lady v said your husband impatiently i am as conscious of it all as you can possibly wish me i know i am a blind infatuated monster what can you say more falkland i thank you for ridding me of such a pest oh that you had taken her before i was so cursed as to see her face if you had i should not now be the undone wretch i am my lord my lady will you do me the favour to tell my wife and lady biddulph how contrite i am and he laid his hand on his breast while i had anything to offer her besides repentance i could have thrown myself at her feet for pardon and conjured her to return to my bosom and to her own deserted house from whence my madness drove her but i have now no house to bring her to and do not desire even to see her face 
his manner was so vehement that i really feared the agitations of his mind might disorder his brain my lord told him he was too desponding and said he hoped all might yet be retrieved he then inquired into the particular situation of his affairs which are i am grieved to say it very bad indeed we were told when we were in kent that a part of south park was mortgaged but did not believe it as we knew it was settled on you upon being asked mr arnold himself acknowledged it confessing at the same time that he had been prevailed on to do this in order to deliver mrs gerard's brother out of jail and that it was the other villainous brother who had transacted the affair for him i find besides this mortgage that with the costs of his suit he owes near seven thousand pounds to answer which he says he is not worth sixpence his plate and the furniture of his houses in town and country excepted though i had shed many tears while lady v was describing mr arnold's behaviour at the beginning of her discourse i heard this latter part of her account with a composed attention lady v took me by the hand i am sorry dear mrs arnold said she that i am obliged to repeat such uncomfortable tidings to you but you must know all soon or late and it is as well now as hereafter i am sure your patient temper and good sense will enable you to bear up against misfortunes my lord then proceeded to ask mr arnold if his friends could make his circumstances a little easier and mrs arnold would consent to live with him again had he any objection to it my lord answered your husband from the moment i heard of mrs gerard's elopement i flattered myself with the hopes of being restored to my senses and my peace by a reunion with my wife for i own to you her innocence from that very time became evident to me and it was mere shame that prevented me from making my application to lady biddulph for the purpose of a reconciliation the receipt of mrs gerard's letter whether the wretch has really felt compunction or whether her cruelty to me in order to make me more unhappy has drawn it from her i know not the receipt of that letter i say wherein mrs arnold's innocence is so entirely cleared convinced me i ought not to delay making my wife all the reparation in my power though i was shocked to think how much i had foolishly squandered away i was still in possession of an estate of nine hundred pounds a year for though it was then in litigation my lawyers amused me to the last with a belief that i should carry my suit and notwithstanding that the payment of my debts would lessen it i knew with one of her contented and gentle spirit it would be sufficient to make us happy and her jointure which i hoped soon to clear added to it would enable us to sit down in the country in tolerable affluence and i had come to a resolution to make it the study of my life to render mrs arnold happy i know she is an admirable economist 
i resolved to imitate her and i hoped in time to retrieve our circumstances these were my sentiments my lord when i wrote to you to beg that you and my lady would come to town i own i had not courage enough to make any efforts towards the so much wishful reunion without the interposition of friends whose good hearts i knew would rejoice should their endeavours bring it about and whose influence over mrs arnold i was certain would make the accomplishment easy do me the justice my lord to believe that if i had not thought it in my power to have made mrs arnold amends for the injuries i have done her this hand should have been sooner employed to send a pistol bullet through my head than to have endeavoured to procure your mediation in the affair but as things have turned out i would not for this earthly globe involve her in my ruin nor shall her family have it to say i sought their friendship when i was abandoned of every other hope as to that point answered my lord i can bear you witness that your first overture to me in order to bring about a reconciliation arrived before there was any likelihood of your standing in need of assistance either from your wife's friends or your own for i believe they all as well as yourself were pretty sure of your carrying your suit which if you had done your affairs might with a little care have soon been in a great measure retrieved therefore if they could attempt to make the ungenerous charge you apprehend i can confute it and will to all the world and for the rest we must manage as well as we can my lord then proposed some methods to make his affairs a little more easy as i am sure his friendship for mr arnold and you will make him endeavour to settle them to the best of his power my lady v s politeness and generosity would not suffer her to mention the particulars of the methods proposed but i have reason to believe my good lord v will interest himself rather farther than i wish when my lord and mr arnold she proceeded had talked over these matters for some time in which my lord had much ado to get the better of mr arnold's obstinacy he told him that i should undertake to explain his situation to you and lady biddulph that he made no doubt of your tenderness in forgetting all that was past and being willing to embrace his fortunes let them be what they would for said he i am sure mrs arnold would think herself happier with you on three hundred pounds a year than she would with twice so many thousands without you oh madam said i interrupting her my lord has read my very heart my lady smiled and went on lady biddulph said my lord is so good a woman that as she must look on you in the light of a repenting sinner you may be assured of her pardon and favour that he may rest satisfied of answered my mother my income is not considerable and i have never been able to lay anything by but if mr arnold can be extricated from his present difficulties so as to be able to retire quietly into the country 
i will share that little with him my lady v's eyes moistened mine were quite suffused i assure you said lady v it was not without abundance of arguments used by my lord and downright quarrelling on my side that mr arnold could be prevailed on to consent that any other application could be made on his part than that of acquainting you with his penitence and communicating his resolution together with his motives for it of never seeing you more he says sir george biddulph never was his friend and as he supposes him more now his enemy than ever he would be sorry to be under any obligations to him my mother who never conceals her thoughts answered directly of that i believe he need not be apprehensive sir george is not very liberal he would have persuaded his sister against returning to her husband and i am sure will not be willing to contribute towards making their reunion happy besides as he is now going to be married he troubles himself with little else than his intended bride lady v seemed shocked i was sorry my mother had spoke so freely of sir george to one who was an entire stranger both to him and her but she is so good that even her errors proceed from virtue well said lady v we have now seen the worst side of the prospect let us turn our eyes towards the pleasanter view what do you mean to do mrs arnold mean madam said i to go directly to my husband well well replied she smiling that i suppose but how do you purpose to settle your little household matters i think said my mother the best thing you can do is to go directly down to my house in wiltshire you know that and the furniture are mine during my life they go to your brother afterwards send for your two children and honest martha dispose of your house in town and all your effects here as well as at south park and in essex let the produce be applied to the payment of debts as far as it will go you will then have your jointure to receive to which i will add two hundred pounds a year which will enable you by degrees to pay off the rest of your debts and i do not see why you may not live comfortably besides extremely well said my lady with mrs arnold's good management especially as they will not have the expense of house rent i am sure my lord will willingly undertake to manage mr arnold's affairs in town for him and i would have you both get into the country as fast as you can i am entirely of your opinion lady v said my mother what do you think child dear madam i think that i am the happiest woman breathing such a parent as you such a friend as lady v and such a husband as i promise myself mr arnold will prove how can i be otherwise than happy i am ready to do to do joyfully whatever you direct dear lady v ought not i to see poor mr arnold immediately why said lady v i would not have you surprise him he is to dine with us to-day 
and I will prepare him to receive you in the afternoon at my house if you choose it. By all means, my good Lady V, I will come to your house at five o'clock. Well, said she, bring a few spirits with you, and do not let the interview soften you too much. Lady V then took her leave, as she said she could hardly have time to dress before dinner. My mother and I spent the interval between that time and evening in talking of our future scheme of life. "'Remember, my dear,' said she, "'that when I die you lose the best part of your income, as my house, together with my jointure, revert to Sir George, and you have no great reason to expect that he will continue either to you.' It therefore behoves you to use economy as well for the sake of saving a little as to accustom yourself to live upon a little. I would myself accompany you down to the country, but as my son's marriage is so near, he would have reason to take it amiss of me, and I know I shall have his imperious temper to battle with on our making up matters between you and your husband but I shall make myself easy by reflecting that we have both acted agreeably to our duty. You never, my Cecilia, experienced such a situation as mine, and therefore can have no idea of what I felt in expectation of seeing the person whose presence I most ardently wished for, and yet was afraid of the interview. My fears were not on my own account, conscious as I was of my innocence, I had no apprehensions on that head, but I could not bear the thoughts of beholding poor Mr. Arnold in the state of humiliation in which I supposed I should find him. I wished the first encounter of our eyes over, and as the appointed hour approached my anxiety increased. I was faint and seized with universal tremors. My mother did all she could to encourage me, and a little before five o'clock I was put into a chair and carried to Lord V.'s house. End of section 25